I wasn't at all surprised. From a public relations viewpoint, I thought it was a classic mistake to send President Cyril Ramaphosa to Rustenburg as the main speaker for May Day, especially at this time. This is on the platinum belt where Num and Amku are on strike and where, quite honestly, the memory of Marikana is very much alive. And Cyril Ramaphosa has, to, well, to put it mildly, a most embarrassing involvement in that massacre. But, of course, the main disruption came actually from um, public sector workers. And that's because, as I think everyone is now aware, the government signed a binding contract, three-year contract. They, the unions did not want a three-year contract. They wanted one-year contracts. Government pushed them into three years. And the majority of unions, not all of them, but just the bare majority, agreed, all right, we'll do the three years on the basis that you said. And the final year, on a simple technicality, I mean, this could never work in the private sector, as far as I know, where if you sign a contract, a contract is a contract and it's binding. The point is they said, ah, yes, but the minister forgot to inform the Treasury, etc. So if you do that sort of thing, it's, it's a, 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 a ruse, a legal ruse to get around things. And obviously, public sector workers are furious, are livid, particularly when, if you look at the situation, public sector workers, the majority of them, are lower paid. The high paid, and that includes our massively overstuffed cabinet of 63 members, ministers and deputy ministers, are very highly paid. So, of course, you can, you know, the likelihood of a hostile reception at Rustenburg was almost guaranteed. Now, Terry, if we look at uh, the president there uh, before he abandoned this mission, uh, saying to the workers who at this point uh, were really, you know, quite angry, saying uh, to them, did the president, that we heard that you want 1,000 rand. So just to put this into context, uh, you know, the president says we heard you want 1,000 rand. Uh, we will deal with that matter. But this is, of course, workers who are asking for a thousand rand. Uh, the company at the moment, uh, Sibanya Stillwater, offering eight hundred uh, rand and then uh, fifty rand um, uh, living out allowance over three years. But this against the backdrop of a CEO, uh, Sibanya Stillwater CEO <laughs> Neil Fruenemann, who earned more than three hundred million rand. That's nineteen million dollars, U.S. dollars in 2021 um, in salary payments and company share schemes. How do you even start to wrap your head around that? Well, the point is, in the first place, I wouldn't say he earned it. I'll say he was paid it. He was paid that amount. And, of course, the miners are going to be livid with that sort of thing, and they have every right to do so. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. And then we pull this president to stand up and then say we're looking into it as if he's got something to do with the negotiations. It merely underscores an argument that's made by many of those unions, both Amku and NUM, that in fact President Cyril Ramaphosa is part and parcel of the mining and big business establishment, which they see as hostile to them, correctly, I think, because within the system, obviously, employers, bosses, have to maximize their profits, take as much as they can, 300 million per year sort of sitting around, or and work, workers have to be employed at the lowest possible rate that you can get away with, unless they get organized and fight back with you, against you. So, I mean, it's, it's a ludicrous situation, and I think that uh, the president is really in a very, on a very, very slippery slope at the moment.
And speaking of a slippery slope, uh, would you say that yesterday's events are perhaps an indication of um, the, I don't know, speeding up of that death knell for the tripartite alliance? Would you say that it's signaling something of that kind, Terry? I would hope so, because I think it's time that they finally realize that trade unions do not actually have, and this is where Julius Malema and the EFF, the last thing we need is yet another politically aligned or party-aligned trade union. Trade unions organize workers as workers, irrespective of their beliefs, their religions, their color, their nationality, etc. They are the great reserve army protecting the basic conditions and wages of workers. Beyond that, those workers united can decide on supporting any particular organization that comes closest to what they actually want. And that's a different matter. But once you get tied in, as we have seen happen with so many people, uh, if we look at the ministers who came out of Kosatu, we've got Zokwana, we've got Tudas Nesi, we've got uh, uh, Gwedi Mantash, you, you know, the list is endless. Or there are others who went into business and became billionaires, like Johnny Copeland, Marcel Golding, uh, uh, Irene Chandley. So the point is they've got to keep out of business, and keep out of out of political party alliance and serve the workers. And that means workers now, the majority of whom in this country, are either un- or underemployed. So it means adjusting to the new reality, not trying to still keep fighting the battles of 50, 40, 50 years ago. So, uh, Saftu uh, Secretary-General Zwilinzi Mavavi, he says uh, the unemployment rate is actually higher than we think if we factor in those who have lost hope of ever finding a job. But what can government do in order to encourage, you know, uh, people to still go out and seek for those non-existent jobs, but more importantly, try to create jobs at the moment, Terry? Well, look what happened. You look, if we're going to look within the system, now we're having to change the system, um, do what happened in, during the so-called Great Depression of 1929 through to the 30s. I always quote New Zealand because it's a very good example, where the government said, right, we've got lots of land there. Let's get people to plant trees. Get lit. In the process, they actually learn about silver culture. They learn about how you grow trees, etc. And what happened was they created a lot of work, a lot of jobs. There is plenty of, there's plenty of infrastructure projects in this country that need to be done. Roads, potholes need to be filled. People can learn how to, uh, from an engineering point of view, rebuild bridges in KwaZulu-Natal, etc. You can do all those things, and government can institute those. Government keeps saying, I've seen Mali, we've got no money, they've always got no money, but the point is that there is plenty of money. You have a situation where we've had a lot of it corruptly stolen, but we also have a situation where the government takes one percentage point off corporate tax to 27%, whereas in the old apartheid era it was 48%. So, I mean, there is money around, it can be found, and there are plenty of, there's plenty of work to be done. It's for government to change its whole orientation towards this ne- neoliberal growth strategy and turn around and try to redistribute wealth and break down those incredible barriers of apartheid which still exist spatially in every other way.
So just finally, Terry, if we look at uh, the uh, labor unions in South Africa, their proximity to political parties <laughs> and political figures and business, uh, what is the role? What role can they still play in South Africa? The unions. The unions are more important now, not as they presently constituted, but worker organization, I'd rather say, rather than say unions, but they could be unions. But workers, organized workers have to be, workers have to be more organized now than ever before. We face a situation in the 21st century where because of machine learning, because of automation, driven largely by artificial, and more and more by artificial intelligence, is actually threatening to make most of humanity, and that's majority of people who sell their labor in order to survive, the working class, redundant. So we have to look at this and say, well, what sort of a world do we want? Do we want to carry on with this cost-cutting thing which destroys the planet, destroys the oceans, and at the same time destroys the lives and the livelihoods and the likelihood of a decent life for millions of children? I mean, we've got to really sit down now and say, look, there's got to be another way forward. And I think there is, but we need to discuss it. And those are the discussions we should be having, not whether we should send query query back to wherever. Well, Terry, thank you so much. Uh, Terry Bell is a Labour analyst and giving us his views there.